Hello and welcome to Saints Live, the final whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali. And it was defeat here for Southampton at St Mary's, losing 2-1 against Wolves. And here to dissect the game with us, we have Dean Hammond and Paul Belverston again. Paul, we'll come to you first. How do you summarise the game? Utterly crushing. I said before the start, I thought Nathan Jones deserved a bit of luck. Thought he'd got it in the in the first half, although... There was nothing particularly lucky about about the red card or the goal, but things just seemed to be falling for him. It was a it was a good performance first half. There was a lot of what he'd promised we'd see from his team as well in the aggression, the front foot, the real sort of going for the game. And then second half, against ten men, you know, you're playing against ten men for over an hour. Losing any game like that is it it's just is just crushing. And, you know, with 15, 20 minutes to go, Saints were off the bottom of the table. They'd pulled another team into the struggle, into the fight. It was looking so good. To concede the equaliser was was hard enough to, to swallow. To lose the game from where they were, it's really gutting. Yeah, Dean, Paul calls it crushing. Um, I can imagine the players are not feeling great after that one. Yeah, it'll be, it will be difficult to, to take. And I think um, there'll be some regret as well um, from the players. Uh, but if you break it down, like Paul mentioned, the first half, I thought they were excellent. Really, really good. Uh, we got everything that was promised. High intensity, um, more of an attacking threat, pressing, putting walls under pressure. Every opportunity the ball went wide, it went into the box. There was crosses. Um, Southampton did the basics very, very well. They won second balls. Again, they got the ball wide. Um, and it was it was good to watch. It was, do you know what? It was really effective. They went direct. They didn't try and really play out and suck balls in. They went direct, won second balls. Um, and it, it worked. It really did. I thought they deserved the goal. Like Paul said, thought they got a little bit of luck with the, with the red card. And you think, OK, now everything's going to change now. Fall into place. We may be going to win this 1-0 at least, maybe 2 um, but second half, just I think it's that natural instinct maybe to try and hold on to something rather than go for the killer um, to finish the game off and try and win it 2 or 3-0, which I think if you're confident and you're further up in the league, you probably do. Um, so tough to take and to lose it in the manner that Southampton did is is really, really tough. We I think the players put so much effort into that that first half that you could see maybe there was a little bit of fatigue in, in some of the players' legs. The players started dropping a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Walls then um, gained in confidence, had a little bit more possession, could play through the midfield a little bit easier. Um, and they committed. They had nothing to lose. And it's difficult to take. It really, really is. So there will be players, the players, the coaching staff will be very, very disappointed. And... One of these things happen in football, you have to pick yourself up. It's it's brutal. It really, really is. But you have to pick yourself up. You can't feel sorry for yourself. You have to take the positive from that first half performance and think we have to replicate that. But they have to do it for 90 minutes. That's the thing that's missing, really. 90 minutes is, is the length of the game. And that's what needs to be done, not for 45. But it's a start. So it's disappointing. It's another defeat. But like I say, you can't feel sorry for yourself because you have to pick yourself up. And you have to continue to try and improve. But there was moments in that first half that personally gave me real hope that they could win games at this level and win games for, for the rest of the season. Well, before we discuss today's match in a bit more detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. 
A very good afternoon, Ummy and Wilding in for Adam Blackmore this afternoon, joining Joe Tesson. Moutinho with the cross, good head away from Salisu, nearly found Neves, but this time there's going to be a foul on Alcaraz, this time from Lamina, and what a return to St Mary's Stadium, he goes into the book, eight and a half minutes in, yellow card for Lamina. Headed away, Alcaraz tries to get the shot away, and the shot comes in and it goes in! In off the post! Alcaraz, first league star for Southampton. Wolves are going to get it away from Semedo, under pressure there from Perro, it's going to come back towards Ward-Prowse, who might have the shot with the right foot, that's blocked from Lamina, and Lamina's going to get it away, and Salanton win the tackle, and now it's halfway inside the Wolves' half, and now it's left from Solomana, and the cross comes in with the left foot, couldn't quite find Onuachu, and now Salanton are really starting to move up a level since that goal, 27 minutes in, they lead by a goal to nil, and they've got a good throw down the left-hand side, hand call to the penalty area, I think Lamina's going to get sent off here as well! Lamina's gone against his former club as they come forward and win the ball back on the halfway line and feed it through this time oh it's a heavy touch and oh and Saar comes out there as Sarabia looked to round the goalkeeper can Ward-Prowse find the cross played back to Solomana with a header and that wide of the post and he went in with a diving header it's Breno on that left-hand side for Wolves it is good pressure from them it's not looking good into the penalty area left-footed shot blocks the first time from Costa shot Traore has another bite of the cherry and it somehow fizzles its way into the back of the net here on BBC Radio Solent's Final few stages, oh, it's given away here now though, and Wolves are going to try and take advantage. Shot comes in from Gomez, he's going to shoot the second time, and he's given Wolves the lead. Oh dear, oh dear, the substitutes. Well, let's talk about the match in a bit more detail, shall we? Belvis, when we first saw that team sheet, we assumed it would be Ainsley Maitland-Niles on the right with Jamesbury as a centre-back. Instead, of course, it was Jamesbury as a wing-back and Ainsley Maitland-Niles was playing on the right side of three defenders. How did both of those players do for you today? Well, the inclusion of Ainsley Maitland-Niles to start with was a surprise, wasn't it? Neither of us mentioned him in our sort of speculation over what changes could be made. He's a player with great pedigree. He's he's played in some very important games for Arsenal and performed very well. There was one stage when, you know, he was he was one of the first names on on the team sheet at sort of uh, Arsene Wenger's later years or, or last few years. Um, it was a big surprise considering we know that Nathan Jones wants to play three at the back and he's talked about wanting five centre backs. He's got. Dushaleta Sar, who wasn't in the squad, he's got Lianko, who was on the bench. Amobella Kochap again wasn't on the bench. They, uh, you know, these players weren't included in the in the B team game yesterday either. So, you know, he's seen something in Ainsley Maitland Niles, something that no one else has seen before either. You know, Maitland Niles has played in six different positions: centre midfield, defensive midfield, right and left back, right and left midfield. But he did very well in that in that back three. You know, he's he's. He's good on the ball. He can he can sense danger. I thought he performed superbly there. Quite when that occurred to Nathan Jones, and he you know he's he's obviously had a few days to work on it. We talked about before the game how they've had a full week of training and so on. And James Bree, we know he rates him from his time at Luton. He's the only player he's brought from Luton to to be part of this new project. And he's talked in the past about how. He has James Ward-Prowse-like delivery from set pieces and when he's out wide. And I thought Bree got into some excellent positions. Um, 
never really put in a killer cross, but put in some 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 good ones and was causing problems down that right hand side. And and Maitland Niles, even though he was in the back three, you know, he won the free kick, the first free kick on the edge of the area where um James Walprouse went away from his usual technique and tactics, didn't he? Didn't try and uh, ping it into the corner, tried a couple of short ones. And one of those was was won by Ainsley Maitland Niles right on the edge of the Wolves box. So, you know, again, I thought I thought that was very positive. I think still a surprise. I think there'll still be questions being asked as to why some of the more natural and seasoned centre-backs weren't picked, why he was picked ahead of those. But, yeah, I, I don't think the the problems that we saw today came from those selections particularly. Yeah, I mean, it did start brightly for Southampton, Dean, and they were good value going in to half-time as well. Charlie Alcaraz breaking the deadlock with a, a very well-placed finish. It was, it was, you know, Southampton were very, very good in that that first half. Um, like I say, didn't really create any clear-cut chances, really. Um, but lots of possession in, in Wolves' half. Um, lots of crosses into the box. There was more action in the opposition box than we've seen for, for a few weeks, which was good. Um, it was a more of a, a direct approach. And that's where the goal came from, a free kick. Um, trying to win the first contact, getting players around the ball. We win the second ball, keep it alive. And then Alcaraz almost attempts that over a kick that we talked about on the on the show before the game, but then pulls out of it, um, has a volley, gets blocked, and then just reacts really, really well and is is fully prepared to take another strike on. And the second attempt, he hits it nice and clean, keeps it down, his body's falling through it, and it's a great finish. It really, really is. Gets power on it, accuracy, and the posting in. It was brilliant. And Samaria's erupted, and it was fully what Southampton deserved, I think, at that point. And it, you could see the almost the relief, um, the celebration come out in the players, um, the crowd. It was fantastic. There was a really, really good atmosphere. And I thought from that moment on, and then when Wolves went down to 10 men, I thought, okay, okay, can Southampton to get a second goal in, the, in this first half when they're on the top, when they have the momentum? They couldn't quite do that. But I thought the first half they were they were excellent and they fully deserved that that one nil lead. And you could see you could see the game plan. You could see press walls. Every time they get a chance, put them under pressure. Once we win the ball, let's get it wide. Perro, every time you get it, didn't even look. Just delivered the ball in the box. Same with James Breed. Get the ball wide, deliver it in the box. If we can't win the first header, second balls. The three midfield players, get them down. Get it wide, get a shot on goal. Um, so it was excellent. It was really, really effective football. Um, and it worked in, in that first half for Southampton. Belvis, we asked you about Mario Lamina before the game. Let's talk about him some more, shall we? He was sent off for two yellows in the first half. The first for a tackle on Charlie Alcarez. The second, of course, was dissent. It's hard to know what was said there, but the referee certainly didn't hesitate, did he? No, and the first one was, without a shadow, very poor decision by Lamina. Clearly a yellow card. Charlie Alcaraz was sort of shielding the ball well. He was on the edge of his own box. It was a bit rash. It was certainly nasty, raking the studs down the back of Alcaraz's calf. And yeah, early yellow card is always a risk. Um, and then later on, Lamina, and we're still only talking 25 minutes into the game. Romeo Lavia went in for a bit of a crunching tackle. Lamina didn't like it, charged after the ball to try and win it back. It goes out of play and he went for the referee. Now, it was. It's very difficult still to work out what happened. Um, he's clearly angry. He's clearly saying stuff. Now, I know someone at Wolves who says that Lamina has told the club that he was shown a second yellow for 
for marching aggressively at the referee, which I didn't know was a was a thing. He didn't get right up into the ref's face. The ref picked uh, up his yellow card again pretty quickly. So I think, you know, he's clearly said something as well. And, you know, welcome to Lamina land, Wolves. He can be brilliant one week or in flashes and then other weeks he just, uh, well, causes you problems. So... It was a big, big issue. There were a lot of yellow cards in that first half. Nelson Semedo, I thought, was lucky to get away with a second when he went clattering into Roman Perro, didn't get anywhere near the ball. He was already on a booking, didn't get a second one. Now, you know, wishing the visitors had gone down to nine men would was is perhaps a, a little bit much, but he deserved his first yellow card. And that, I thought, another day could ease. If he hadn't been on a yellow card, he would have got one for that challenge. So it was a bit, as a as a of a surprise really perhaps he was lucky that the the game carried on and the ref didn't call it back but yeah definite definite red card and as i say there was 65 70 minutes left in the game with all the injury time so uh we were just urging saints to push for a second get a second and be more comfortable rather than the sucker punches that came yeah, well, in the search for a second, Southampton did have a couple of chances at the start of the second half, Dean. Camaldine Sulemana trying to round the keeper and then seeing a, a header go wide, but it was Wolves who punished Southampton with their first real chance of the game. They did, and it, like Paul's just mentioned, it was trying to get that second goal. It does make the game completely different. It does make it much more comfortable, especially when you're playing against 10, man, 10 men. Sorry, Sulemana. I thought when it, that the, the the short back pass, he was he obviously got there from the keeper, and he just needed a little bit of a bigger touch just to go around the goalkeeper. Um, but the goalkeeper did very very well. But the Wolves' goal came from just Southampton dropping a little bit deeper, trying to protect what they had. I do believe there was a bit of fatigue in there as well from from the players um, because they haven't really played that intensity before. They haven't really played that way before where. They're having to get up and down the pitch so much to win second balls because they went a little bit more direct. Um, and the game just got a little bit too stretched. And and Wolves capitalised on, on those gaps. There was They could just play past the midfield into the forward players. There was more space for the forward players to turn. And the ball ended up going, going wide. It comes into the box. Um, and I think the, the first attempt is from Diego Costa. Salas, who actually gets a really good block on it. And then it falls to um, Toure, I think, and he, he can't he can't quite get it out of his feet to get a good strike at it. He kind of half hits it, half strikes it, and then Jan Bedrek just can't sort his feet out, really. Um, I think he's expecting a bit more power. If you look at his body shape, I think he's turning away a little bit, gets the block, but then as he's turning away, his body's turning the other way and kind of gets his feet muddled up and the ball ends up in the, in the back of the net. And... These things happen when you're at the bottom of the league. They seem to go against you. I don't know why it is, but it, it does. But I would have to say that in that second half, in that period, Southampton probably were inviting a bit of pressure, really. And where the next stage is that because they were so effective playing that direct approach and winning second balls and creating chances, when Wolves have gone down to 10 men, Southampton just needed a period of keeping possession of the ball to kind of wear walls down and take that little bit of hope out of them. Just keep possession, move it around the pitch, get forward, come back, make walls work so they feel a little bit more tired, a bit more fatigued when they get the ball. But Southampton didn't do that. They kept trying to go direct. They then couldn't get as much pressure on it to win the second balls. Walls got more possession. And I think that's where the equaliser came from.
Yeah, that was the real sucker punch came when Gomez broke through. He got a fortunate ricochet, didn't he? And then he just finished coolly past Bazunu. Could you talk us through that one, please? Yeah, just like Dean said, that second half, as time was ticking away, the nerves of trying to hold on to what Saints had were really kicking in. They were getting deeper and deeper, weren't being able to put much pressure on, on Wolves. And it came from, again, they picked up the ball in the in the middle of the pitch, drove at the Saints centre-backs. And, you know, just like with Jan, Jan Bednarek, he got a block. Salas, who had just got a block, Bednarek blocks it, but then doesn't have the, you know, the luck on his side and it and it bobbled in. You know, Lianco got a good block in as well on this one with uh, Jao Gomez's first shot, but it went straight back to the young man, the 21-year-old new signing, coming from Brazil and he's, and he's hit the ground running. It was a lovely finish. He used Lianco, who was then trying to make himself big, used him as a screen and just pinged it into the not quite empty net, but you know, there was a there was a big lot of net to to aim for. On another day, perhaps Lianco comes out and puts him under more pressure. But, you know, we're talking about split second decisions, things not going for you. I'll say it again, I I I felt Nathan Jones deserved a bit of luck. If anything, I think the luck went against him today just because of everything that comes with being at the bottom of the table, all those nerves, the apprehension. You know, on another day Saints push on, get a second, but instead it's it's the player that he brought back against a lot of fans' wishes. Certainly, Jan Bednarek, who who's unlucky for the for the second goal. They then go, uh, sorry for the for the equaliser. They they then are under the cosh because Wolves are really up, confident, believing they can get something, and 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 again the nerves kick in even more for Saints that. Blimey, you know, do we? Uh, we we're not going to lose this, are we? And and ultimately, that's what happened. It um, there's seven defeats in eight Premier League games now, and uh, and yeah, things look rather wretched. Mm, well, it was also the first starts for the club for our deadline day signings: Paul Onuachu and Kamaldine Suleimana. Dean, how did they do for you? I think effective. Onuachu was, um, you know, really strong uh, physically. Very, very good in the air. So that direct approach really suited him. He won a lot of headers, um, a lot of knockdowns, um, were causing Wolves problems. And when you've got a player like that, it helps um, to keep possession in, in your opposition's half because you, you can use him, he'll hold the ball up or he was good with his headers in terms of directing it down to, to players to then be able to cross in the box. But again, it will take him time to settle in because you want goals from him. You want... Um, him to get on, on the end of um, the crosses. So, again, that does that come from understanding from from his teammates when they're going to cross the ball, what areas they're going to put it into him, what runs he likes to make. Does he like to go to near post? Does he like to hang up at, at the back post? So it takes the time to find that familiarity. But he did okay. Um, he did okay. Um, he had that moment in the second half where he spun his defender and I thought he was actually going to take a shot on, but he felt as though he was pulled and he went down to try and win, win the penalty. Um, but he looked effective. Um, and Suleimana was brilliant. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, he has got out and out pace, what you need at this level and what I think Southampton have been missing. The way he drives with the ball, um, he will take players on, he'll slow players down and then he'll go again. He looked physically fit, so he couldn't just do it for, for one attempt. He could go two or three times. He was willing to take shots on with his left or right foot. Um, he was a breath of fresh air and I really, really liked the position he played today, actually, where he was kind of 
playing up front, but then playing as a 10, then floating out wide. So almost had the reins to just go and find the ball, get on the ball and make something happen for, for Southampton. And he did his defensive duties as well. There was times where he was chasing back to, to win the ball. So a really, really good full debut for him. And he looks like a really exciting player that can, that can create things, that can score goals. But I love to watch players that take players on with that pace as well. And he, he was frightened the Wolves defence at, at times today. So an excellent debut for him. I thought he was fantastic. Well, let's hear from Nathan Jones now. Here's what the Southampton boss had to say after the game. Nathan, how tough a result is that for you and the guys to take? Look, very tough. For not just myself, for the guys, for the club, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I thought for 60 minutes we were really good. First half we were excellent, probably as good as we played at home. Front foot did aggressive, went after the game, created enough chances to have, to have taken more of a lead, but we didn't. Um, then second half we have a real glorious chance to, to go two up, but don't take that. And then you just you just fear. Then you know what I mean. Then we may try to make positive changes to to, to, to you know to make sure that we stayed front-footed, but it wasn't to be. And they showed a little bit more quality in the final third than we did. Scrambled in one goal, which was the, but the second goal, you know, it's a good finish, and, and we just needed to show a little bit of that. So maybe a bit of nervousness, just given the situation and being close to getting that that big win. Of course, and and. It's understandable, you know, with the team and what they do and, and everything. It's it's really, really understandable that, that, that you know confidence is low and so on and they're a bit worried in, in, in terms of things. But didn't really see any you know issues. They they have a few counter attacks because they've got pacey quality players, they've got good players. But we dealt with things, you know, and uh, uh, as much as as much as we could. It was just important we'd got the second goal and when we didn't get that, they're always then, they're always in the game. Well Belvis, let's look ahead to the next match. We take on Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Obviously we spoke before this game about how important a win would be today. It feels like a victory next weekend is, is even more essential. Yeah, because time is ticking away. I you say that saying that there are still a lot of games still to come. There's an awful lot of points still to pick up, be available. Dean talked about his experience with Leicester before the game, and uh, that was the most remarkable of turnarounds. And you know they were they were written off, having played many many games more than Southampton have now. But you know everyone involved with the club will be hurting like mad right now. There won't be a lot of sleep tonight from the from the players. There'll be uh, you know the the weekend is ruined, but they're used to coming in, putting things to bed on a Monday working hard, putting a game plan together and really giving it a go uh, a few days on. And that is that is a real positive that they've got a full week again to prepare for Chelsea and, and focus on the positives from the first half, of which there were many, and then go to a Chelsea team that are not in great form. They've picked up something like 12, 12 points from 13 games in the Premier League. They have some exceptional players, but they've also got an enormous squad and some unhappy players, some very unhappy players there, players who've been left out of the Champions League squad that, you know, that that competition restarts this week. They've got a, a very tough game only on Wednesday, so they can't think about Southampton until Thursday at the earliest. So, you know, Chelsea are beatable. Southampton have already beaten Chelsea this season at St Mary's. So there are lots of ways you can you can find optimism from this horrendous position because you know the game, the the season isn't over by by any means and a win against chelsea what that would do what a turning point that could be or what, to do the double over a team like chelsea even though they're not racing away with the title as they have done in seasons gone by they are still uh 
magnificent group of players, but Southampton can go there and win. They've they've won at Stamford Bridge before. They'll set up like they did the first half, uh, or you know, have a game plan and and execute it similarly to the first half today. And with a bit of luck, that word again. Hopefully the luck goes their way this time and, you know, things do change. They, The whole club deserves a change of luck. Let's hope it comes next weekend. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Dean, as, as Paul addressed there, Chelsea very much underachieving by their own high standards. Ninth in the league, drew with West Ham, brought in a lot of players who maybe aren't gelling or are unhappy, then have Champions League, so could have some fatigue. Is, is it going to be a good time to play them next weekend? Well, let's hope so, Steve. I think it can be, like you say, with the Champions League game during the week. Paul touched on it there with a, a squad of players and some that can't even get in the squad. Um, I doubt it's the, the most vibrant of atmosphere at the moment. They're not winning games. Graham Potter's still trying to find his his preferred team. Um, they're not scoring a lot of goals, which is which is good for for Southampton. Um, so look, there's. Like Paul said, it's a great opportunity to go to a club where you're not expected to get anything. Southampton are not expected to go there and get a draw or get a win. So everyone's written them off already. So we talk about these free hits. It's not a free hit because of the situation Southampton are in. But from the outside, it potentially is. So players go there with that same approach that they played in in the first half. Make it really difficult for Chelsea. Chelsea are not going to like a team that are going to be really direct, that are going to be in their face, that are going to try and win second balls, that are going to make the game ugly at times. Chelsea want to get on the ball and play lovely football, play between the lines and score the perfect goal. And at the moment, they're not. So it's going to be a difficult game. It's going to be a difficult challenge. But... If you replicate that first half performance for 90 minutes, Southampton have got every chance. And you have to, like I say, you have to suck it up and you have to accept that you've lost a game today. But you can't feel sorry for yourself in football, especially at this level. You have to um, dust yourself down, have a good week, of tra- good week of training and go into the game believing that you can win. And these players have already beaten Chelsea this season, so they know they can do it. It's going to be tough but they can do it. They definitely can. Oh, Dean Belvers, uh, thank you ever so much for always remaining ever optimistic. It's always a joy to have your company on the show and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you as well, of course, to all the fans who have tuned in and joined us. As we've mentioned, we will be back next Saturday ahead of our Premier League clash against Chelsea. We'll be live from 1.45, so do make sure you join us then. Bye for now. See you soon.